Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome to This Is Life. I Again, as I say every week, I hope you've had an incredible week. Uh, a lot of things have happened in the world, specifically here in America this week. Uh, there's a new transition of power to a new president. Uh, you know, there was a whopper of a show. I don't know how many saw on inauguration night, the Celebrating America. And I understand things have to be a little different. Generally, the evening of the inauguration, whenever there's a new president, there's all these balls and dances and, you know, feasts and all these things. And, of course, when the age of COVID-19... Probably gathering a bunch of people together, you know, uh, jibber jabbering and eating together and dancing and, you know, all those things aren't necessarily the best idea. You know, we got to wait a little bit until we kind of get this pandemic under uh, under more control. So what do we do otherwise? We just throw a whopper of a of a party with uh, concerts and fireworks and everything else. And we only, I only was able to catch the, the end of it. It was my wife's, I'm sorry, it was my daughter's birthday. My, no, my daughter turned seven this week. She actually turned seven a couple days ago. Uh, but I don't know about you, but we kind of like to celebrate birthdays more than just the one day, you know, our family. So we kind of make a big deal out of all of our birthdays. And, you know, like usually I could go camping or do a trip for my birthday in the summer. Uh, I'd like to take my wife somewhere special if it's possible traveling for her birthday. And then with my daughter, we just have a, you know, pretty much a week long, whatever she wants to do within reason. Uh, but just, you know, kind of make it special. So uh, we let her, you know, pick out whatever movie we wanted to watch last night after dinner. And then as soon as we turned off the movie, I had flipped over onto the TV to see what was going on in the inauguration. And all of a sudden, Katy Perry is singing her fireworks song, which is like your, you know, uh, every 4th of July, every single fireworks show, it has to have it. It's like the given song, you know, amongst many others. Uh, but there's like these crazy fireworks. I've never seen that many fireworks, so much celebration. And I get it. It's a big deal. It's a lot. A lot of people are really pleased with the new administration. It seems like we have a refreshing, personally speaking, I am looking forward forward to a refreshing, you know, kind of just celebrating normal again, or at least trying to get back to normal. And it wasn't just the previous administration. I mean, everything is just, just hitting us hard, hard, hard the last year or so. And a lot of people were just frustrated and angry and losing their jobs. And just a lot of pain is going around. And because of that, there's a lot of contentiousness going around. And, 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 that's just something that we just have to deal with as a society and we have to be able to combat and realize that we're better than, than the, than the things that are bothering us. I mean, I understand the, you know, circumstances, situations, opinions. I mean, all of these things matter, but at the end of the day, what really the only thing that matters is, is love. And the only thing that really matters is community and family and oneness and, and God overall, which is all of those things. That's the only thing that really matters. And, you know, I'm just sensing this, this, so this, this angst in, in, in America specifically. And, and, and I'm just, I'm hoping and praying somehow, some way we can just fight this angst and fight this, this, this frustration and, and this division and this just anger. Uh, I think everyone's just sick of it and tired of it. And if you are sick and tired of it, you should be, you know, and, and, and the only way we're going to do it is by affecting, you know, generally speaking, the only way we're going to fix it is by you and I taking t our, a really a mindful look at our lives and our people whom we are around on a regular basis and whom we, you know, 
relate with and talk to and maybe work with or go to school with or any, you know, our circle of friends and influences and strangers alike, everyone whom we are around, let them just have a piece of love. Uh, God's love, especially, doesn't it never fails. It's very, there's enough and it's sufficient for everybody. And especially if you call yourself a believer, a follower of Christ, you, let me tell you something, you have an unlimited amount of love from the Heavenly Father to give out. Don't think you have some sort of uh, limitation, you know, on on how, oh, I, I did my good deed for the day. I, I can be, you know, a, a butt the rest of the day. You know, I'm not, no, it's, it's we, 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 have to we especially like i've said before we have a responsibility i mean honestly uh, we've already given up ourselves if we're christ followers we're no longer self followers but now we're christ followers so therefore that means that we put ourselves on the shelf you know in the back burner we trust that god will take care of us and it is up to us to take care of others and give others the the love of christ that he gave us first and it's 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 it's, it's the grace that's it's the one that's the best thing about it. god's love is it's it's everlasting i mean the, that's that's truly the best part about god's love is it never ever goes away and so therefore whomever we are around i mean that's who we ought to be giving our love and our honor and our respect to and even people whom we disagree with we ought to be fighting not to contend with them not to have discourse or a, a quarrel but to find a way to co- find common ground and if you just can't find common ground you just have to leave it eventually and and just not pick it back up I mean, that's what we're called to do we're called to be pre- bringing people together and bringing ourselves together and healing and not bringing division but unfortunately christians especially in america we're like one of the leading dividers in this country and 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 i'm just i'm tired of it i'm just and i get it you know we 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 have this this martyrdom complex you know we think we're being persecuted or oppressed because they tell us that we can't we have services you know uh like we traditionally have always had them i'm like you know and i did a whole podcast about that earlier in the pandemic where i'm just like guys god does not there's no requirement to have to have sunday services uh, there's many ways that we can especially nowadays find ways to get together and 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 celebrate the lord and worship god and pray together without having to be at a church building and i get a lot of pastors were threatened by it and i probably would have been too if i would have been a pastor of a church that had bills to pay and i would be definitely nervous but at the end of the day it's his church it's his building right it's his congregation it's every single thing that we do as pastors is not for ourselves and at least it shouldn't be it all be all is for god's glory and 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 so if he decides that we got to put up shop and move away move on to something else that's his decision but you know it's not for us to contend or to fight or to cause division over because we're afraid no i mean we, we it is that's we it's that's foolishness Speaking of foolishness, that's kind of it today's topic. Today's we're going to talk about dealing with foolish people. <laughs> okay, um, it's not hard to find 
foolish people nowadays. Uh, you go on social media, really the internet alone, uh, and you'll you you. There are plenty of people who are. And, and how many times people say, "Well, Sean, first off, how do you define foolish?" Well, personally speaking, and from what I understanding of the scripture, a foolish person is somebody who rushes to divide. A, a person, a foolish person, is somebody who is so confident and then prideful that they're willing to put somebody else down to prove that they're right. And that is a foolish person to me. They could be even a smart person. They could have all the education in the world. But if they are more interested in putting somebody else down to put themselves over, that is a foolish person. And that is every, they're all over the place. Anybody who's, the Bible calls them haughty, they, they think of themselves more highly than they ought to think, you know, the pride becomes for before a fall, that kind of person. And God forbid that you or I ever become that kind of person where we feel that our opinion or our uh, way of thinking or our, our you know, uh, we have all the right ideas or that we have all the right theology that all of us, that, that we're never wrong. And I told, when I was a, a pastor of a church, I was continually telling my congregation, like, guys, I may be a pastor and God may have given me the responsibility to, 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 to hold this church and to, you know, to make the doors open so people can come in and worship God together. And I may be the one bringing the message on Sunday mornings, but that doesn't mean that I have all the answers. In fact, it means that I'm searching for the answers just as much as anybody. Uh, in fact, sometimes more because I have a responsibility to bring the message, right? So it's like, I'm doing my very best because I want to make sure that what I'm saying is truth. And there were definitely times where I had to have somebody come to me and be like, hey, Pastor Sean, I didn't understand this part of the message this week, or I have, you know, I have a disagreeing opinion. And I, my door was always open to those kind of conversations. God forbid that People think that I thought that I had all the answers and that they couldn't challenge me on some things. In fact, I want to be challenged. I want to be asked hard questions. I want to, you know, to, to, you know, grow in my faith and grow in the understanding of God. And the only way I can do that is to put Sean aside and let God be first and his word be first and his word of truth be first. And if I'm preaching something that is different from what is real or what other people feel is is correct, then let's have a discussion. Let's talk about it and let's find a common ground if at all possible. And foolish people don't want to do that. Foolish people are all about them. This is, it's like this, uh, this, for the, the, this narcissistic desire to always be right. And, and they would literally you know, filibuster, you know, conversations. In other words, they just speak nonsense just to keep the conversation going without proving a point at all, but just to help make themselves feel better that they think they know the answer. And, and, and guys, let's, that's a really bothersome place for any of us to to get to, because at that point we become self-serving rather than others serving and God serving. And that's a very, very dangerous place to be a very eventually a lonely place to be because nobody wants to be around a person who has no compassion or mind toward anybody but themselves. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's not even the worst possible outcome. Obviously the worst possible outcome is eternal separation from God. And those kind of people will have that. I mean, God cannot be in them. And, and you know, if you're, too big for you you know for for god and for correction and for his truth and you think that you have all the answers well satan thought the same thing and he was kicked out of heaven he thought he was better and greater than god and sayonara see you pal you, we, this is, there's no room for that here so 
Let me now. I will tell you today is going to be a a a, a scripture heavy podcast. Okay. Now I I don't to do try. I try not to do these very often because I understand when and when I am speaking a lot of scripture, it's really easy to get kind of glossed over. I, I try to slow down my my conversation. I try to explain verses that may or may not be clear when I say them. Uh, so I apologize in advance for if we just kind of get too text heavy here today, but in, it's important, I believe, in order to get text heavy, because we're trying to learn the truth. We're trying to learn, you know, how that we can be better Christ followers and how we can be just better people in general, right? And to be more, at the end of the day, better representations of Christ, you know, and so how can we do that other than just reading the Bible? And again, it's going to be very text heavy today, but just hang on with me, okay? Uh, like really, uh, just, just you know, if you want to follow along in the scriptures, you open up your Bible. If you're not driving, uh, that would be helpful. Open up your cell phone, whatever. Uh, just do, just kind of do whatever it takes to kind of help follow along so that you can uh, pick up, you know, the things that we're trying to talk about today and hopefully gain something for it and then gain and share with other people. Again, we're talking about fools today, and one of my favorite verses about foolishness comes from Proverbs 29.9. Now, the greatest thing about Proverbs, man, Solomon always had a way of, 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 of calling out those who are... Um, haughty or prideful and it was it was never in a condescending way it was always in a way uh however of kind of showing the mirror to them and letting them see for themselves just how ridiculous they look and they are and that to me seems makes way more sense you know when you were you the kind of the old saying kill them with kindness basically where you just are revealing truth to somebody without you know, offending them. And, 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 and that's really ought to be the ultimate goal. If we want to grow, if we want to get better and we want to help each other, you know, and we see somebody who's in the wrong, we don't try to beat them over the head with it. No, we just try to help, you know, in love and in kindness, uh, correct and be willing to accept that correction ourselves. If it happens to be coming back to you and expect it as well. Honestly, I, I we ought to all expect, uh, to have, uh, sometimes we need to be corrected, but let me tell you something. That's not a bad thing. We ought to consider it a good thing when we're corrected because it helps us to be better people, which is at the end of the day, kind of what we all want, right? All right. Proverbs 29, nine says, if a wise man contendeth with a foolish man, if there's a fight between a wise man and a foolish man, whether he rage or laugh, there is no rest, okay? In other words, if you're going to fight with somebody who happens to be a foolish person, whether they rage, they laugh, they, you know, yell, they scream, they, they you know, try to do everything to, you know, dramatically speaking, whatever it takes, no matter what, there's not going to be peace. There's not going to be rest. There's definitely not going to be a solution, Anyone ever out there been on a on a Facebook quarrel? Well, that's interesting, uh, you know, where you and somebody maybe it's, it's either politics or religion. That's like most things are, and especially in the last several years, golly. And it's like, uh, you know, I, I, I that's one of the reasons why I got rid of my Facebook, my social media. Uh, I just got tired of. I didn't like the way I was becoming. I was become a quarrelsome person, you know, and I would become an instigator. I would. Put memes or 
statuses or news articles just to get a rise out of people. And that, that's a sin. That's wrong. That's me egging other people on. Now, even though I felt like I was, you know, I could justify and say that I was trying to share the truth or try to, you know, uh, Share people, you know, show people where they're wrong in their thinking. No, I was just doing it to to to, to be instigated and, and, and instigative or whatever the word is. You know, just my my point was that was not to to try and bring you know some sort of peace or harmony. Let's be honest. My point was to just get a rise out of somebody, and that's just a wrong thing to do. We ought not be, you know, have that to be where our daily goal where we're going out there trying to get a rise out of people. And even though I felt like my opinions were you know, ride and I was sharing things of truth. I knew that when I would post these things that somebody would have a disagreement, have an argument and I would just sit there and wait for it to happen. And then I would get in this Facebook back and forth and just got really bad. And I didn't do it all the time, but I got convicted of it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just kind of done with this. I'm just kind of done. And it wasn't just even on my page. It was just seeing it all over seeing it on social media all over. Uh, and, and even amongst friends, people whom you have known in the past or you went to school with or people you know, you know, that you are even, you know, that you're friends with now. I mean, uh, that it just like, um, it just got really old and I just couldn't handle it anymore. And that was back in, I think, in late summer I did it. I'm glad, man. Praise God I got rid of social media in the last five months, right? Where uh, it, I, I can't even imagine the craziness going on and all the news links and you know, religious links and people's statuses about this, 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 this event going on or that event going on or this politician or that, you know, I'm so glad that I got out of it that because I just, I couldn't do it anymore. Uh, and if you find it, the Bible says very plainly that if your right hand or your eye offends you, you know, cast it off. And that's what I did. I got, I was being offended and I was offended being offensive on Facebook. So I got rid of it. And I, that, that because I knew the scripture was very true. I would be get into an argument and there would be no rest. There would be no point. It was just, that was just, it was purely there just to cause division. And some people revel in that. And then I just, and that just is, we, we can't be like that. We just, you know, we have to be better than that. And I understand it's a fleshly desire. You know, we, uh, the, the flesh always wants to be the one that's right, but that doesn't mean that that is, the way we ought to be. Uh, in fact, in truth speaking, uh, if you're being forceful, if you're about you being right, then everybody's wrong, including yourself. Uh, cause it just doesn't cause comfort. It doesn't cause a community. It doesn't cause union. It causes a division and a division always is contrary to God's will and God's perfect way. All right. So, that's that's kind of the, the setup today. Go with me to a, a, a book that is not really uh, talked about much, but I found these set of scriptures that really kind of got my eyes opening, and I thought they'd be really awesome to share today. Titus, it's in the New Testament, it's after 1st, 2nd Timothy, it's one of the smaller books. Titus 3, starting with verse 1, Okay. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. Now, I think it's important that first and foremost, especially with this new administration, whether or not you voted for them, whether or not you 
believe even it was a it was a real election. If you think that it was a stolen election, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, they still have titles, president and vice president, and all the other different leadership that's new into the pack. You know, all the new administrations, all of those people are there because God allowed them there. You can Now, some people would say God put them there. I don't care what it is. All I know is that the Bible tells me very plainly that God is in charge of who's in leadership. And his perfect will will always play out. And this tells us to remind us that we are to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready. This is important. This is the most important part. To be ready to do whatever is good to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and to show true humility toward all men. I'm going to read that scripture all entirety one more time. Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceful and considerate, and to show true humility toward all men. Verse 3, at one time we too, we were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Okay, that's, that's, that's us as, as mankind in general. Without Christ, there's all sorts of foolishness and disobedience and, and, and division and uh, you know being led by the flesh and, 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 other, and all sorts of things that are not conducive to bringing forth goodness and righteousness and peacefulness and consideration towards others, and especially is not hum- trying to bring forth a spirit of humility. Christians, we are the ones who are supposed to be leading the charge of humility and for peace and to be considerate towards one another. We're the ones who are responsible for that. Not the government, not the liberals, not the conservatives, not you know any other religion really even. I mean, we're, we're the ones who are charged with that by Jesus himself. So why is Christians not the ones leading that charge? It's because we have forgotten. We've forgotten these scriptures. We've been so mindful about one issue, one hot button issues that are political issues or even leaders. You know, for a lot of people, I'll say it, a lot of people, Donald J. Trump became the new Jesus. He was become the savior. When in reality, regardless of who's in the White House, Jesus is the savior. He's the one we're supposed to put our faith, trust, and hope in, not some political leader. We don't change. I'm telling you guys, we're not, we're not going to change the world and even this nation by voting. Okay, that's just a part of our civic duty. But just because you vote a certain way doesn't mean you're going to do anything for the kingdom of God. It literally means nothing. The only way you're going to do something for the kingdom of God is affecting your circle, your people whom you are around on a daily basis and doing those things, not slandering them, but being peaceful and considerate to showing humility, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. That's how you change the world, not by going to the voting box and then complaining about the person you voted didn't get in. Verse 4. But when the kindness and love of God, our Savior, appeared after we were all of those bad things I mentioned, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior. There was nothing that we did. 
It wasn't because we did righteousness. Because it was it was everything because Jesus gave us His love because of His mercy. That's where we are saved because of His love and His kindness and His graciousness. And is that is where we have to find our salvation for ourselves. And then we wonder how and why and, and what's the best way to share the gospel with other people. Well, God showed us his kindness and love. How do you think that we're supposed to share that or share the truth of God with others? Kindness and love. Verse 7, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Okay, it says, let me just go down to, yeah, we'll, 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 verse eight. we're going to do verse 8. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. So if you're trusted in God, that's what you do, you trust in God, the part, you can even say that, I'm, I, I believe and I trust in God. Well, if you say those words, you have to make sure that you are also devoting yourselves to doing that which is good. That's how you trust in God, is you devote yourselves to goodness. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone, the word Bible says. Verse 9, but avoid foolish controversies. Say it again. Avoid foolish controversies. Would you say that there's plenty of opportunity for foolish controversies nowadays? Yes, I'll answer for you. <laughs> there's plenty of opportunity for foolish controversies and genealogies and arguments and quarrels about the law. Okay, there's people who want to argue about every single thing in the in the in in in, in Christianity and about the Bible and you know the 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 law versus grace and the Old Testament versus New Testament even. I mean, and and just that's just the small part of it. I mean, there's so many things that we can argue about and just in life, but these are unprofitable and useless. Warrant this is very important. Warrant verse ten. Warn a divisive person once. And then warn him a second time. After that, have nothing to do with him. Somebody trying to come in, bring division, bring discourse, bring argument. You, you fine, entertain it. Have try to with respect and love and kindness. Try to have a civil conversation. They do it again. I, you gotta talk to me. I got. Listen, we've already had this conversation. Right now, it seems like we're try you're you're being more interested in dividing and having an anger and a, and a fight than you are trying to find a solution. Let's back up a little bit, and then they come back again. You just be like, "All right, we're done. I can't." And this happened to me several times. People would come and would talk to me as a pastor or bring me issues that were going on in their life, and it, it was almost like they didn't want to change, but they loved talking about their problems. And I'm like, "Listen, I'm trying to give you the solution to help you make better choices." To, to, to find God more in your life than the sin or the things that you're finding yourself, you know, raveled in. But eventually I had to be like, listen, I don't know what else I can tell you. We're, we're kind of at the end of the line here. You, you got you to gotta make some decisions on whether or not you're going to follow Jesus or follow yourself. Verse 11. Well, it says, yeah, well, after it says, you know, we'll start over. Verse 10. Warn a divisive person once and then warn him a second time. After that, have nothing to do with them. You may be sure that such a man is warped and sinful. He is self 
condemned. And a lot of those, those are the people who'd also say, well, God, you know, God's the one who, who's putting me down. I blame everything on God. No, you do yourself condemning yourself. You, there's ample opportunity for grace and ample opportunity for growth and for goodness and peace to reign, but you just can't get out of your own way to see Jesus in front of you. And uh, you're more mindful of other people's faults and issues than you are your own. And that's why you just can't seem to stop fighting. You can't seem to stop arguing and, and, and having these foolish quarrels, which do nothing but bring division and harm to yourself and to other people. And really what you're doing is you're creating a bitterness in yourself. And you're going to eventually become a misery old white man or woman that nobody's going to have anything to do with. Nobody can because it just there's no there's no getting there's no there's no progression, there's no progression there's no civility. I mean, we all know somebody like that. We all know somebody whom just nobody likes to be around because they're just constantly miserable, and it's because they have not taken the time to be mindful of anybody but themselves, and consider other people and have empathy and love towards other people. And especially as, as Christians that uh, we ought never even get close to that. No, no, no. We ought to, that ought to be like miles and miles away from even being a possibility because we are no longer living for ourselves anymore. We're living for Christ and for others. Okay. I told you it's going to be a lot of scriptures, so hang on with me. We, we haven't even got to the main scriptures yet. Again, I apologize. I, and I, am, I mean, I'm almost tempted to not do it, but at the same time, I feel like it's important because we got to just learn what the Bible tells us is not just a um, means for us to say that we have a Christian because we, so we read our Bible. I mean, these are truly instructions and wisdom that help us, especially as Christ followers, to just be better and to get rid of our flesh and ourselves and our own foolish thinking and our own selfish thinking and to be mindful of what God desires and thinks towards his people. That's the whole point because we're the ones who are supposed to be Jesus to the flesh to others who need it. Okay. Second Timothy chapter two. Okay. Second Timothy chapter two. We're going to talk about avoiding foolish quarrels. Okay. We've kind of already touched on a little bit. We're going to just keep on digging into this. Uh, again, and if anything, I'm probably preaching to myself, honestly, I'm probably making this podcast just so I could re-listen to it later on. Uh, just because this is something I struggle with. Uh, you know, I think that if it wasn't for God, uh, I would be an instigator, a conversationalist where I would just get rises out of people. And that's a fleshy desire that I have consistent, consistently have to fix. That's, I don't like that saying that. That's not a good thing. That's a bad thing. All right. We ought not want to get rises out of people. Even if it brings, you know, um, even if it brings fruit forth fruit, it ought, I ought not want to fight with people or contend with them. So, you know, it, 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 so so if this is uh, hopefully this is preaching to you too. Hopefully you you would find yourself being like, yeah, I, I kind of have that tendency too, and and I want to do something about it. I'm going to change it. Second Timothy chapter two verse starting with verse fifteen says, "Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, okay, and who correctly handles the word of truth." 
Now, it's important that the, the in this particular scripture, the word of truth is talking about the Bible, okay? Um, the, I think the King James even says correctly divides the word of truth. But I think we can even take that a step further. It's not only the truth of the Bible and the word of truth and the things that are in the Bible that are true, but also just truth in general, who you correctly handle truth. Um, you know, there's a lot of lies in this world right now. There's a lot of people and a lot of conversations and a lot of, I mean, the internet, I mean, if somebody tells you that they learned something on the internet, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean it's a hundred percent true. Uh, you know, um, this is why there's so many controversies and so many, I mean, people fall for just the craziest things. Uh, I'm going to be doing a study. I, I was going to talk about it today, but just, there's so much scriptures and so many other things I want to talk about, but I want to do a study on and a podcast and maybe I'll have a guest or two, uh, to talk, help me kind of talk about it. Uh, but there's a latest, uh, controversy and conspiracy and a really, in my opinion, a cult that is coming up. And that's this QAnon, you know, foolishness um, that is just infiltrated among, uh, among all many things, the church. And I, if, you, if you're listening to me and you've fallen down that rabbit hole, uh, don't just, please don't just turn me off right away. I mean, but just really seriously ask the Lord if he's pleased with, you know, the, just that whole movement um, and the fruit that it bears, because uh, I just have not found any profitable fruit in it whatsoever. I've seen it cause divisions in families at the very base. I've seen it cause divisions in obviously our government and in just people and society in general. I mean, much more than even uh, just right versus left. Now it's in divisions within you know, just the, 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 within political parties themselves. And it's just, it's just really tragic. And uh, it's people, people are now saying that because Trump didn't get in and, and he, you know, the, the martial law didn't happen and all these people, all these arrests didn't happen, you know, they're just lost now and, and, and they don't know what they're going to do. And people are now committing, you know, contemplating suicide because they have been convinced that, the world is not going to, especially America, is not going to go to hell in a handbasket and be a socialist country and all these crazy things. And I'm just like, guys, especially those of you who are believers, put your trust and faith in the Lord, not in some, you know, conspiracy or some something you read on the internet. Uh, it's just, it's very, it's very shameful and it's very sad that so many people have just got caught up in, and not just QAnon, but I mean, just any kind of deception, any kind of uh, unverifiable movement that causes people to behave unseemly. It's, it's, it's tragic that, that those things happen, but it's not going to be the first time. It was not going to be the last time. Uh, that's why we have to, again, correctly handle the word of truth and do our very best to follow that. Verse 16, avoid godless chatter because those who indulge in it will become more and more ungodly. Okay. Their teaching will span, will spread like gangrene. You know, what gangrene is, it's, it's that blood disease. You're like it's an infection. 
that just literally if you have like a, if you have a cut or a bruise or in a lot of cases like amputation things like that and it would just be like almost like almost a virus but it's a it's definitely a a bacteria that just goes in the bloodstream and just slowly eats away the flesh uh, that's what happens, in, especially in the body of Christ, that when all of these godless chatters and fights and disagreements and arguments and these ungodly conversations are happening, those teachings will start to spread like gangrene into the body. And we have got to just like cut it off. I mean, just stop, just stop, stop, stop the spread. Among them are he's Paul talking about specific people and who were at the time teaching wrong things and that were infiltrating the body of Christ. Hymenaeus and Philetus, verse 18, who have wandered away from the truth. They say that the resurrection has already taken place and they destroy the faith of some. So this Hymenaeus and this Philetus, uh, you know, that'd be interesting to do a character study on them, but it seems as if they were going around preaching falsehoods in the body of Christ and causing controversies and divisions and were not teaching truth and were causing many to fall away and destroying the faith of some. I mean, that honestly happens every day in America, it seems, where there's just so many different viewpoints and controversies uh, that and, and, and fights and people who are just so consumed with being right that they're willing to be wrong just so that they can have an opinion that sounds right. And they can end up destroying the faith. I mean, how many people have left the church because Christians just can't seem to stay on God's truth? It's tragic. Um, verse 19, nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm. And that's true even today, regardless of how many people fall away from the church, regardless of how many people are causing division among us, his foundation stands firm sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his and everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. It goes back to that. I am fully persuaded that absolutely nothing, fill in all the blanks, absolutely nothing can separate me from the love of God. God knows whose are his. And, you know, those who are turning away from wickedness, who have a mindfulness of their own sin and getting rid of it and living righteously, those are the ones who have, uh, who God calls his own. Verse 20, in a large house, there are articles not only of gold and silver, but also of wood and clay. Some are for noble purposes and some for ignoble. Uh, for the, we don't use the word ignoble in today much, but that basically means no purpose, inferior, kind of like I consider it like your little knickknacks you get at garage sales, right? There are just some things that are for good purposes, like everyone would say that your refrigerator, your microwave, you know, your table, your the sofa, everything has a purpose. But then you have a lot of things in your house that just don't serve no purpose. They're just there. Verse 21, if a man cleanses himself from the latter, the things that have no purpose, which is a lot, let's be honest, there's a lot of things that we hold in our mind and our spirit and our body and our conversations and our lives that hold no purpose. If we cleanse ourselves from the latter, he will be an instrument for noble purposes, which is what we all want, you know, useful purposes, made holy, useful to the master and prepared to do any, everyone say any, okay, any good work. Verse 22, flee the evil desires of youth, pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, 
along with those who call on the Lord out of pure heart. We're supposed to be surrounding ourselves with other people who pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace. Okay? Don't fight. Don't align yourself with people who are always contentious, who are always willing to fight, who are always trying to get a rise out of people. Those are the, that's un that is that is ignoble. Okay? That is not useful. Okay? Flee the evil desires of youth. Well, okay, we already read that. Verse 23. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. That's a great verse. 2 Timothy 2, 23. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. I mean, if they, it's almost like this should have been written for 2021. It was written 2,000 years ago, but yet it's very real today. Most conversations we have anymore, I think, are foolish and stupid arguments. Verse 24, and the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, listen to this, he must be kind to everyone, able to teach, not resentful. I bet you there's people out there that are like, this is in the Bible? What? What's he talking about? What? I thought we were supposed to be, you know, zealous and fight and, you know, uh, oh, you know, to be, be, be vengeful for the Lord. No, we're not. God is completely capable of being vengeful for himself. Our purpose is to be kind to everyone, to be able to teach and not resentful. Okay? Now that doesn't mean you're gonna have you're not gonna have disagreements. Obviously, there's gonna be time where there's going to be disagreements and arguments and confrontations. So how do you handle that? We'll look at the next verse, 25. Those who oppose him, he must gently instruct, in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. Okay? You gently instruct. Why? Why gently? Well, because you keep it a level playing field. Once the, uh, the 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 volume goes up, the you know the, the 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 temperature gets hot. Once the you know anger starts to rise, the blood starts to boil. All of a sudden, you step out of the spirit into the flesh, and blah, 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 blah. there's fights and quarrels and disagreements, and you end up being five steps behind where you started from the first place. So you maintain, especially as a believer, you maintain gentleness. And the Bible, like I said, you know, if that person keeps on wanting to fight, like in, like in Titus talked about, you, you warn them once, you warn them twice, they don't want to have a civil conversation, you let it go. Okay, because it is it doesn't have no value whatsoever. All they at that point they have proven that they're not interested in finding a common ground or finding a solution or finding peace. They're interested in just fighting, and that is worthlessness. That is ignoble. Those who oppose them must gently instruct in the hope that God will grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. Verse twenty six, and that they will come to their senses. And escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. Now, I found a little interesting. I did some study on the word devil there because I was wondering, 
It's because whenever the Bible talks about the devil, there's usually two types of forms. The devil as a metaphor or the devil as a literal being. And in this particular case, it's the devil as a metaphor, okay? The trap of the devil, which is the Greek word, you may have heard it, diabolos. Or, you know, I think the Spanish word for devil is diablo. That's where it comes from, diabolos. Now, what's interesting about the word diabolos is you can do some study on it, but it actually means division. Let me see, I actually did a real quick... Uh, um, uh, study on this. Let me see if I can find it. I, I'm on. I know I did. Um, one second here. I'm looking. Okay, found it. Time. Sorry about that. I just want to make sure I pulled. Through. There's a, uh, this. Uh, here you go. This is from an article online, and I uh, found it to be very interesting. Definition: Diablos, which is Greek, which means to throw apart, separate, or divide. It says the word diabolos, from which we derive the English word diabolical, is associated with the devil and evil. But the word itself, although used to name the devil, doesn't actually translate into devil, rather it means to throw apart or to separate. The chief aim of the evil one, after all, is division, okay? The devil seeks to divide us from one another, to separate us from the rest of creation, and therefore to alienate us from God. The devil is the spirit of Diabolos. So real quick, if you know somebody or you yourself are more interested in causing division and strife and fights and arguments and drawing lines between you and other people because they have a different opinion than you, you are Diabolos. Okay, you are you are you have the spirit of Diabolos and that needs some repenting of. And, and that, that's the same thing. I told you again, I had that same problem. For some reason, I liked out of contention and I had to get away from it. And I've been a much happier person ever since then. I just didn't like that, especially because it was just constantly just tempting me. You know, and so hopefully maybe you've had that same kind of understanding and you want to be far away from that as well. First chapter three, verse one. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days, which a lot of people say we're in the last days. Okay. You tell me people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money. Boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, treacherous, excuse me, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Have nothing to do with them. Now, real quick, what this is saying is that there's a difference between a Christian and a Christ follower. Because you can have the form of a Christian of, quote, godliness, but you film your, your, your spirit check marks most of the boxes I just read more so than the boxes of the fruits of the spirit and of Christ's following. So maybe it's time to do some inventory for all of us. Oh, if we were to put Second uh, Timothy 3, 2 through 5 in one column and the fruits of the Spirit in the other column, and if you did a true assessment and you checkmarked which boxes were more, more, more parallel to who you are, it might be time to do some self-inventory. 
I think it'd be really good for all of us because it's very possible to have the form of godliness, but you deny the power of God because you're more interested in causing division and fights with other people because you feel like you're right so much that you're willing to put others down in order to make yourself seem better. It causes problems. Okay. And it says us for us people as far as Christ followers to have nothing to do with those people. Because here's why, verse six, they are the kind of worm that they are the kind who worm their way into homes and gain control over weak willed women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires. Now, real quick, I can hear now weak willed women. I don't think that's the point of the scripture. Okay. This is not a scripture trying to say that women are weak willed because I don't know about you, but all the women I know, my wife, my friends, my mother, they're not weak willed. Okay. I think this is talking about people who are just vulnerable. Okay. There's an example, vulnerable people who get seduced and wormed, you know, by bad people, by really bad people, con men, you know, or women or whatever, you know, con people who are thieves and, you know, um, just people who are just, just evil people is awful who are loaded down with sins and swayed by all kinds of evil desires. Verse 7, always learning, but never able to acknowledge the truth. Ain't that a thing? Man, if people do that all the time. They seem like, like if you have a disagreement with somebody, especially politics, well, do your own research. Like, okay, well, what research are we talking about? Because there's a lot of research you can do, but that doesn't mean that the research is always the truth. Okay, if you're not willing to acknowledge the truth, you can do all the research you want. You can do all of the learning you want, but you'll never, you, you'll you'll never be, you'll never be consistent. You'll never be happy. You'll never be at peace because you're always finding new ways and new means to cause controversy. Verse eight. So this, he's talking about people. He's about to give an example of somebody, of a group of a couple people who actually were this evil and were this awful. Just as Jans and Jambres opposed Moses, so also these men oppose the truth. Who's Jans and Jambres? Well, I'm happy you asked. Traditionally speaking, these are the names of the two magicians who the Pharaoh had uh, back in the, if you remember the story of the Exodus, right? And of the Israelites who were enslaved in Egypt and Moses said, listen, Pharaoh, God says, let my people go. And if you don't, all these plagues are going to happen. And if you remember, uh, the, his magicians, Jans and Jambres, uh, they were able to replicate all of the plagues except for gnats. For some reason, they had a problem with the gnats. I don't know. Uh, but it was at that point when Pharaoh realized that he didn't have as much power and he started to really, you know, get angry and hardened his heart and, uh, you know, ultimately led to the death of the firstborn and then the Exodus and all that story. But that's who that, that's who this is talking about. These people whom these magicians were, were so evil and they were on the side of enslaving the people that they were willing to do whatever it took to maintain that oppression. And that's the same type of people it's talking about. People who are so consumed with putting other people down to keep them in a high position are evil people. 
and that's not righteousness. And if, especially as Christians, if we find ourselves in that kind of position, we really be, need to be careful, really be mindful. Just because we have God, just because we have Jesus, that does not put us in any higher place than anybody else. In fact, the Bible says that last shall be first in heaven. And we ought to be humbling ourselves and putting ourselves last here on earth so that we can be a servant to all, so that God can be glorified and we be in the shadows. Because that's how it's supposed to be. Verse 9, but they will not get very far because as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. All right, thank you guys for hanging in there. This is a long podcast. You may need to do this in several spurts. I get it. Hold on with me. We're, we're, we're going to be wrapping up here shortly, but man, just hang on. A lot more scripture, but we got to get through it. Verse 10. You, however, know all about my teaching. Okay, the author's talking, I think it's Paul. says, however, you know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, my patience, love, and endurance, persecutions, sufferings, all the things that happened to Paul, okay? What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. Okay, we like to think in America we're persecuted. We're not persecuted newsflash we're not no we're not oppressed we're not persecuted just because they say you have to find alternate means to have service on sundays because there's a pandemic does not mean that you are oppressed okay um and we're far from it i mean uh in china it's illegal to be christians and you can literally you know go be be executed if you find if you're found with the bible that's persecuted that's a problem we're not we're far from that here in america and we're i i uh, we're not even close to have they even being a possibility. So I don't know why we ran rave on it, but that, that's another topic. Verse 12. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Now, what does that mean? I mean, that means different for everybody. Again, I don't think that we're persecuted like Paul, but I think that there's definitely a, if you are more mindful of other people than yourself, and you have, you teach that and you preach that, that rubs some other people wrong ways because it shows their inadequacy for love. And most people like to think of themselves as good people. And when they see other people who are doing more loving and kind and better things towards other people than they are, then that it just causes a reaction. So, you know, uh, it becomes a jealousy. You know, I don't know what it is. Uh, but, you know, that's not to say that we won't be persecuted. Uh, again, I don't think in America we are persecuted, to at least not the degree Paul was by no means. But, you know, it's going to be a challenge from time to time. But, again, that's not where our mind, our heart should be. But if it happens, so what? It happens. And we ought to expect it, but it's not something that we ought to look for, and it's definitely not something that we should parade around as a badge of honor. Okay, don't go around parading that you're persecuted, as or even you're um, feel like you're feeling like you're persecuted as some sort of badge of honor. It's not. Um, it's just how things are. Okay, so let's let's jump down. In fact, this is a good study. Okay, so I'm reading a lot of it tonight or right now, wherever you're listening to this from. Um, but I'm going to skip down to chapter four, verse two. Uh, again, we are in uh, Second Timothy. So this is Second Timothy chapter four. We're going to start with verse two now. It says, "Preach the word and be prepared in season and out of season." Okay, whether you're ready or not, 
Get that word ready in your heart. Now that means you got to study it, preach it, uh, memorize it, you know, learn the, learn it, you know, understand it. Instant in season, out of season, no matter when. Correct, rebuke, and encourage. That's one thought. Okay, if there comes a time where there needs to be some correction made, that's that's not to say that you're causing a fight. In fact, it's the opposite. You're trying to bring forth, you know, uh, uh, unity and bring forth righteousness and bring forth goodness. Okay, so there's there's a three step plan. It's correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instructions. Okay. Be mindful of the things you're saying. If you find yourself in an opportunity to bring correction and maybe even a rebuke, do it in love. And I hope like this that's what I'm trying to do even in these podcasts. Is yes, it's a correction. Yes, it's a rebuke, but hopefully you're seeing it and experiencing it in love and encouragement because the world needs this type of message. The world needs to be rebuked when they're not loving one another. <laughs> that's really what it's all about. It's completely okay to rebuke and to correct and encourage somebody when you see them hurting somebody else and hurting the body of Christ in general. That's what we should be doing with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when men will not put up a sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, it's important, their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Now, a lot of people will tell you that this is talking about feel-good preachers. And preachers talk about prosperity and all those things. It may or may not be. I, however, think this is mostly talking about preachers who are more interested in the do's and the don'ts and the why rather than how to love others. You don't really hear churches talk about how to love other people anymore. You hear a lot of preachers, you know, really one way or the other, that God is not interested and, you know, that there is no sin, that, that God is, takes you and keeps you as you are and that you're not, you can keep on sinning and God will love you no matter what, which is true except for the whole he does tell us to go and sin no more part and then you have the other side of this pendulum where god is this constant on your shoulder push putting you down putting you you know just just um uh, constantly telling you all the things you're doing wrong and, and never you know letting up on you always put you know chastising you and making you feel awful and worthless both of those things are incorrect we ought to be teaching and preaching righteousness with grace and with love and with humility and with usefulness and uh, that people don't want to hear that because then all of a sudden they are responsible for their own righteousness, their own sins and their own selves more so than they are somebody else's. And it's okay, man. That's what it's talking about. Uh, we all love to hear the tea, you know, the gossip, as the, the tea's what the kids call it, I found. The gossip, right? We all love to hear about how bad everybody else has it or how they're doing. But the moment that we are convicted of our own sin, uh, then we get, you know, defensive and we get, uh, you know, just, well, just that. Just, just, we, we, we get. Angry because how dare somebody tries to point out my sin? What about their sin? What about their problem? What about their issues? 
God forbid we ever become more mindful about and more we're more worried about somebody else's problems and about somebody else's sins than our own. Um, just because we are forgiven doesn't mean that we have a license to go out there and point all the fingers and yell at everybody, all the things they're doing wrong. Uh, because I don't know about you, but I'm still have a lot to do for myself. I'm nowhere near completion. I'm nowhere near Jesus's level. So therefore I have to be mindful of my own self every single day. And that alone is enough for me. Uh, you know, and the one thing I can do and the one thing you can do is if you see somebody else putting somebody else down, that for sure, you definitely have room to go and correct and rebuke that uh, because that is our number one objective is to love God with all of our heart, mind, and soul and love our neighbor as ourself. You see somebody else who's not loving and kind towards their neighbor to somebody else, absolutely go and correct that. Okay, so let's let's just wrap this up, guys. Um, let me go back to my scriptures here. Um, verse 5. This is the last scripture for the day. Told you it was heavy, but I appreciate you hanging with me. But you, keep your head in all situations. Endure hardships, do the work of an evangelist, and discharge all the duties of your ministry. In other words, give it all. Okay? God's love is ever-flowing, is everlasting. It's not going away anytime soon. So by the end of every day, we ought to just be empty. I mean, just empty of, of love to be refilled back up and just, I mean, think about it. I think about the measure of love that God gives us and the grace that we can just consistently should be reminding ourselves of that he gave us. And if we just start to really hand that out to more and more people and we could change the world. If we were more concerned about being Christ followers than Christians as a label and more as a lifestyle, more as a re reality and a more as of, an, of less of an identity and more of, of as a uh, personality, I guess, you know, where basically you are Christ. Think about just the greatness that can be handled in this world. And it, we become less concerned with the un, you know, uh, un, you know, things that are not useful. And we become more concerned with things that are useful. And that's, that's where the work of the ministry does its best. And we start to find our identity in Christ, not in our political stance, not in our, you know, society, you know, we're our class or whatever we are, you know, we find our identity in him and more people are drawn to Christ because we have sacrificed ourselves to make sure that God is glorified in every relationship that we have. Woo. Guys, we did it. An hour long today. Wow. Well, I pray that you stuck with it. I hope pray that you stuck with me. I know it was a little bit longer today than normal. Um, but I just I'm just I'm just so tired of all of the foolish arguments that I'm seeing all around me and I hope I know that you are too. And, and if we can just be a part of the solution rather than the problem, maybe we can start turning this around and really make the the the, the 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 church of Christ and the body of Christ you know actually progressing and doing something that is beneficial to the world rather than harmful i'm afraid that we've been doing a lot more harmful things than we have been doing beneficial things and i don't know about you but i'm ready to get to work and i'm ready to let god's love be found and first and foremost uh, in in this in this world again Amen. 
All right, guys. Well, God bless you. I pray you have a wonderful, incredible uh, rest of your weekend or however, whenever you're hearing this. I pray that God blesses you and your family. Hang in there. Please be safe um, and just uh, take care of one another. All right. God bless you guys. Aloha and mahalo.